Section 19 of Insurgent Mexico. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ginger Cucolo. Insurgent Mexico by John Reed. Part 2. Francisco Villa. Chapter 7. On the field, too, Villa had to invent an entirely original method of warfare, because he never had a chance to learn anything of accepted military strategy, in that he is without the possibility of any doubt the greatest leader Mexico has ever had. His method of fighting is astonishingly like Napoleon's. Secrecy, quickness of movement, the adaptation of his plans to the character of the country and of his soldiers, the value of intimate relations with the rank and file and of building up a tradition among the enemy that his army is invincible and that he himself bears a charm life these are his characteristics he knew nothing of accepted european standards of strategy or of discipline one of the troubles of the mexican federal army is that its officers are thoroughly saturated with conventional military theory the mexican soldier is still mentally at the end of the eighteenth century he is above all a loose individual guerrilla fighter red tape simply paralyzes the machine when villa's army goes into battle he is not hampered by salutes or rigid respect for officers or trigonometrical calculations of the trajectories of projectiles, or theories of the percentage of hits in a thousand rounds of rifle fire, or the function of cavalry, infantry, and artillery in any particular position, or rigid obedience to the secret knowledge of its superiors. It reminds one of the ragged Republican army that Napoleon led into Italy. It is probable that Villa doesn't know much about those things himself but he does know that guerrilla fighters cannot be driven blindly in platoons around the field in perfect step that men fighting individually and of their own free will are braver than long volleying rows in the trenches lashed to it by officers with the flat of their swords and where the fighting is fiercest when a ragged mob of fierce brown men with hand bombs and rifles rush the bullet-swept streets of an ambushed town villa is among them like any common soldier up to his day, Mexican armies had always carried with them hundreds of the women and children of the soldiers. Villa was the first man to think of swift forced marches of bodies of cavalry, leaving their women behind. Up to his time, no Mexican army had ever abandoned its base. It had always stuck closely to the railroad and the supply trains. But Villa struck terror into the enemy by abandoning his trains and throwing his entire effective army upon the field, as he did at Gomez Palacio. He invented in Mexico that most demoralizing form of battle, the night attack, when, after the fall of Torreon last September, he withdrew his entire army in the face of Orozco's advance from Mexico City, and for five days unsuccessfully attacked Chihuahua. It was a terrible shock to the Federal General when he waked up one morning and found that Villa had sneaked around the city, under cover of darkness, captured a freight train at Terrazas, and descended with his entire army upon the comparatively undefeated city of Juarez. It wasn't fair. Villa found that he hadn't enough trains to carry all his soldiers, even when he had ambushed and captured a federal troop train sent south by General Castro, the federal commander in Juarez. So he telegraphed that gentleman as follows, signing the name of the colonel in command of the troop train. Engine broken down at Moctezuma send another engine and five cars the unsuspecting castro immediately dispatched a new train villa then telegraphed him wires cut between here and chihuahua large force of rebels approaching from south what shall i do castro replied return at once 
and via obey telegraphing cheering messages at every station along the way the federal commander got wind of his coming about an hour before he arrived and left without informing his garrison so that outside of a small massacre villa took juarez almost without a shot and with the border so near he managed to smuggle across enough ammunition to equip his almost armless forces and a week later sallied out and routed the pursuing federal forces with greater slaughter at tierra blanca general hugh l scott in command of the american troops at fort bliss sent via a little pamphlet containing the rules of war adopted by the hague conference he spent hours poring over it it interested and amused him hugely he said what is this hague conference was there a representative of mexico there was there a representative of the constitutionalists there it seems to me a funny thing to make rules about war it's not a game what is the difference between civilized war and any other kind of war if you and i are having a fight in a cantina we are not going to pull a little book out of our pockets and read over the rules it says here that you must not use lead bullets but i don't see why not they do the work for a long time afterward he went around popping questions at his officers like this if an invading army takes a city of the enemy what must you do with the women and children as far as i could see the rules of war didn't make any difference in villa's original method of fighting the colorados he executed wherever he captured them because he said they were peons like the revolutionists and that no peon would volunteer against the cause of liberty unless he were bad the federal officers also he killed because he explained they were educated men and ought to know better but the federal common soldiers he set at liberty because most of them were conscripts and thought that they were fighting for the patria there is no case on record where he wantonly killed a man anyone who did so he promptly executed except fierro fierro the man who killed benton was known as the butcher throughout the army he was a great handsome animal the best and cruelest rider and fighter perhaps in all the revolutionary forces in his furious lust for blood fierro used to shoot down a hundred prisoners with his own revolver only stopping long enough to reload he killed for the pure joy of it during the two weeks that i was in chihuahua fierro killed fifteen inoffensive citizens in cold blood but there was always a curious relationship between him and villa he was villa's best friend and villa loved him like a son and always pardoned him but villa although he had never heard of the rules of war carried with his army the only field hospital of any effectiveness that any mexican army has ever carried it consisted of forty box cars enameled inside fitted with operating tables and all the latest appliances of surgery and manned by more than sixty doctors and nurses every day during the battle shuttle trains full of the desperately wounded ran from the front to the base hospitals at paral jimenez and chihuahua he took care of the federal wounded just as carefully as of his own men ahead of his own supply train went another train carrying two thousand sacks of flour and also coffee corn sugar and cigarettes to feed the entire starving population of the country around durango city and torreon the common soldiers adore him for his bravery and his coarse blunt humor often i have seen him slouched on his cot and the little red caboose in which he always traveled cracking jokes familiarly with twenty ragged privates sprawled on the floor chairs and tables when the army was in training or detraining villa personally would be on hand in a dirty old suit without a collar kicking mules in the stomach and pushing horses in and out of the stock cars getting thirsty all of a sudden he would grab some soldier's canteen and drain it in spite of the indignant protests of its owner and then tell him to go over to the river and say that pancho villa said that he should fill it there 
End of section 19. Recording by Ginger Cucolo.